Hello, and welcome to episode 30 of Art Supply Posse, a podcast about art supplies and the people that use them. This week's episode is sponsored by our beloved Art Snacks. My name is Heather Rivard, and I am joined by my lovely co-host, Kathy Campbell. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. So I was just telling you before we got on the call that everybody cool is on the West Coast this evening. Heck yeah. Yes. Well, and I'm always on the West Coast. Yeah. So that's, all the time. That's, that's but... points in that direction. But just before we got on the call, I was talking to my dad, who is also on the West Coast. And I'm going to be um, headed out to San Diego for three weeks doing a little kind of semi-sabbatical. I'm going to still do my job because I can do that from the internet. But going to be taking a chill yay, pill the for internet. a couple weeks. Yeah, yay for the internet and yay for my family in San Diego. But like I said, I think my my spirit animal has fled west without my permission and has left me here for <laughs> a few more weeks. I'm like, we got we got stuff to do before we do that. And they're like, no, it's okay. Dad was yeah. like with my aunt being like, we're just here having pizza and wine and talking about how much we love each other i was like oh that's cool (laughs) (laughs) thanks for doing that without me yeah no problem (laughs) yeah well it's very cold in my part of the world we have about a foot of snow which if you've ever been to the pacific northwest you will know that is a very rare situation um of which i decided to embrace it and take some brand photos of myself. Well, I had a photographer friend come to take brand photos of myself in my unicorn onesie in the snow. Because that's what you do. Well, you know, just another day at the office. Right? It's normal. It's all good. Yeah, I was actually um, on a call finishing up with one of my clients while I was doing my makeup and uh, we were talking on video chat and uh, his other assistant came into the room and was like, hi. I was like, hey, I'm about to go off and, you know, have photos taken of me in my unicorn onesie in the snow. And she goes, that is the best thing I've heard all day. (laughs) Granted, they just did some really, really boring, like tax account stuff. So Mm -hmm. like it, they're, the bar was set really low, but it was, it was, yeah, it's kind of awesome. I'm excited to share them. Well, uh, assuming that they will be semi-public at some point, I, yes. I look forward to, to seeing the results as well. Oh, don't worry. They will be plastered all over the internet because that's how I roll. All right. So we, we are like three levels deep on this first follow-up item because yes. this is follow-up from last week, which is follow-up from... Uh, the last show uh, last year in 2016. So we were talking yes. about your Lost Ocean book and you were right. talking about the new paper and I kind of got a bee in my bonnet about researching like the difference between an edition and a, and a print run because I knew that those were different things but I wasn't quite sure and <laughs> I didn't know that gibberish that they write inside of books on the first or second page. I wanted to know a little bit more about how to read those hieroglyphics and 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 using that as a way to kind of look into your suspicion that there was new paper in this book. Right. Uh, so what I found out was that a an addition you can think of as the, the, the pattern of the marks on the paper, the way that the words go together and the order that they go in and the way it's typeset. So if this was still a day and age when you had print 
you know, uh, what would you call them? Like big uh, sets of type, you know, a plate, a plate of type. You can do whatever you want sort of on the cover or a different paper as long as you're using all that same typeset. It's an addition. That is different, obviously, for digital typesetting, but it's the same idea that what makes it a particular addition is the, the way that the book is formatted. And that is separate from printings, and there can be multiple printings of an edition. And so yes. I realized that I had a copy of Lost Ocean 2. This is going to be so boring unless you think it's awesome, like I do. And then <laughs> well, it's hey, be I think it's really it. awesome, too. <laughs> so if you look on the inside of your Lost Ocean book, I had you, uh, exciting business of podcasters. I texted you today. I was like, hey, can you take a picture of the inside of your coloring book and send it to me? <laughs> and of course, me being me, I don't even question. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm no, like, that seems uh, reasonable. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> so at some point in your little gibberish, there will be this... Uh, series of numbers i don't know why they do it this way but in mine it says five seven nine ten eight six those are numbers just all after each other on one line and the lowest number there is is your printing number so we both have the same edition of this book but mine is the fifth printing and i think yours was is the seventh is the seventh so yeah we could have different paper because they could have changed the paper in between printings um well, and my, the paper that I first had an issue with, with Joanna Basford's books was from the, um, hold on. Lots of drawer noises on this episode yeah. as we pull stuff out. From The Secret Garden, which was printed in 2013. Okay. And that paper was very rough. And The Lost Ocean is uh, smoother. So it was a totally different so, book, too. Totally so. different book. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, and I'm looking at the pictures. Let's see. Uh, Lawrence King Publishing versus Penguin Books. So it may have been a difference as well with the fact that my first book was from the London publisher. Mm. And my new one is from the New York publisher. Yeah. So tricky, tricky Amazon business where you can end up with books from different parts of the world by accident. Well, and just so you know, I bought both of mine from actual stores. Oh, hey. So they shipped it to wherever they I bought it. But the first one I bought at, I think, Michael's in the checkout line. Uh-huh. And I was really excited. I was like, oh, my gosh, because it had been sold out forever. Mm-hmm. And then when I got it home, I was a little bit more sad. Oh, with the paper? With the paper. Yeah. But I still greatly enjoy it, and the doodles are fantastic. And I like the fact that it's kind of like a, a picture search, so my daughter gets to go in and find those things. That's right. And that's what yeah. she gets to color. I've never quite in my... done those sort of activity components in the book. Um, yeah. But in the show notes, there will be a link to this awesome nerdy long explanation about the difference between editions and printings and how to tell i did that research over coffee this morning and it was lovely so now we know hooray (laughs) the more you know the more you know (laughs) (laughs) um second cool little bit i was feeling uh very loved 
as a little podcaster this week. Um, one of our listeners just out of nowhere was like, yo, DM me. I want to give you something. Which is not a bad tweet to receive. Like on the, on the <laughs> we all know worse things than that have happened on Twitter. So yes. uh, we had a nice little chat and uh, this listener um, signed me up for a membership with the League of Extraordinary Pen Pals, which Ooh. just uh, smacks of a, a well-tended volunteer internet community. You know, when you sort of stumble yeah. into it and you're like, this is a really lovely little website that's held together with sticks and glue and like lots of love and and people <laughs> running it and stringing together a Facebook message group with a Google spreadsheet database and and just connecting folks, uh, which was great to see. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say about it yet because I'm waiting to get added into the Facebook group uh, and I am waiting to get added into the database but it's kind of like a matchmaking service for pen pals so I filled out this really long lovely kind of uh, profile questionnaire. yeah qu questionnaire with all the things I like it's really fun it's like what are you interested in it's like community organizing <laughs> justice feminism gay culture christian theology i love when i can just like crash all those things together and be like i'm really Crank weird I'm, I'm a big loser <laughs> like <laughs> so <Nerd. laughs> yeah exactly so uh, i'm i'm looking forward to getting um paired up with some other folks and then um, this listener is going to send me some snail mail and, uh, she, uh, she lives in Australia. I don't know if I've ever gotten snail, snail, whoo, snail mail from Australia before. So nice. That's going to be exciting. I've only gotten stuff that I've ordered, uh, from Australia. Uh, but it's still, their stamps are really pretty. So yeah, they I have really pretty money. Yeah. Yes. I I'm sure. Well, I doubt she's gonna send you money. Just so you <laughs> like, don't get your hopes that's up. That's true. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if like uh, people in other uh, like uh, in other democracies appreciate when Americans romanticize their country. <laughs> but I'm like, that's oh, a good question. Australia, where things aren't burning down, at least. Not no, in the, but in, where... in the particular pattern that they're burning down in my country. <laughs> but ninety percent of the animals there will kill you, so it's a it's a trade off. That's true. I, I have to keep yeah. that in mind going to San Diego. Last time I was there, my aunt was like, "Don't go picking up lawn chairs, just sticking your hands underneath them. That's how you get attacked by scorpions." And I was like, "Yes, what now?" That's not, that's rude. Like, nothing, nothing in Michigan attacks me, like, in the, in the backyard. <laughs> that's yeah. not nice. You're like, yeah, just shake your boots out. You know, it's, it's fine. I'm like, it's not fine. I mean. No, that's not acceptable. It's a lot of things, but it's not fine. <laughs> um, yeah. So, thank you. Thank you to that listener. Uh, really excited for all of that. So, uh, definitely uh yeah just a, a really nice thing to get in the middle of a hectic week 
So yeah, that was I'm excited cool. to hear more about it and uh, learn more about the experience. I mean, you're gonna be a member of the elite league. Oh yes, of the, uh, extraordinary <laughs> pen pals, elite dun, internet dun, pen pals. <laughs> yes, uh, you know it's a skill. <laughs> all right, now we are on. We are on a a huge streak of two two shows in a row having some listener creative spaces to show share so right our last show so excited we're kind of in a little hiccupy getting going schedule so we're recording on thursday it's thursday right yeah it's thursday Uh, yes (laughs) (laughs) and the first episode of the year came out yesterday so i didn't think we were going to have enough time to sort of get requests from people but tina from uh fueled by clouds and coffee she was on it, man. She was like listening to the episode first day, responding. Here's my creative space, and she is a an epic, wonderful blogger. So she had some stuff I think already in her back pocket and sent us some great links of um, her collection of art supplies. Yeah, it was really exciting uh, to get that comment, especially with the full like list of supplies and beautiful photos and all sorts of like information that my nerdy heart like it pitter pattered lovely when I got to see all the links and like just like (laughs) ooh and ah over it and it was really neat especially because she calls herself an urban sketcher uh so her real studio is the in her words Her real studio is the one she carries with her every day to sketch while standing on the sidewalk or other outdoor locations. So it was really neat to see a little bit of a different take of the creative spaces um, because she takes all her stuff with her. So she like gets to have everything she needs to sketch and draw and create out in the world, which is really neat. And we'll have all of the links in the show notes so that you can see the beautiful photos and words and geek out with us. Yeah. And I think maybe include a link to the the full comment because Tina had some interesting things to say about kind of her way of thinking about creative space. So Traditionally, I think we kind of had in mind, this is my studio, this is where I sit, this is my desk, and there's some of that in there, her like pots of colored pencils and things, but I think her thesis was, my studio goes with me and I keep things packed here, um, which will come up again later in the show. Um, Also, apparently we have all these little fun connections, because Tina mentioned that my my dad and her mom must have uh, something in common when I was talking about getting (laughs) uh, daily letters from him when I was was abroad. And I'm seeing here one of her little uh, notes. She has her supplies laid out on uh, the side of what looks like a beautiful red Miata. It says Miata Girls traveling tabaret and that looks like a miata and my dad has a miata that he lets me drive sometimes and it is very cool so so many connections it's a small world what can you say full of small cars (laughs) like yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah there are a lot of jewel jewel worthy uh pictures of lots of uh paintbrushes and colored pencils man I got work to do, man. I got to catch up. This is I know, right? crazy. 
<laughs> I won't tell you how deep into her blog I went because it's safer if I don't uh, express that truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, thanks for sending that in. That was very cool. Uh, speaking of big piles of uh, colored pencils and loveliness, you want to hey. uh, talk a little bit about our sponsor? Absolutely, I would love to. So this episode of Art Supply Posse is, of course, brought to you by the absolutely fantastic Art Snacks, who offer monthly subscriptions of full-sized, high-quality art supplies. Don't forget to save 10% on your first box, which will include four to five full-size supplies using coupon code ARTSUPPLYPOSSE when you subscribe at artsnacks.co. So it's that time of the month where we get to talk about the current uh, subscription box that came out. Um, I had to renew my subscription, and so I will be part of the February, but uh, I got to instead scroll through all sorts of great art snacks challenge uh, pictures on Instagram and Twitter and Tumblr and go again very deep in my research because this is what I do for you guys you know <laughs> I just have to look at absolutely amazing pieces of art because you work so I hard for the I do <laughs> you know I do what I can for the listeners <laughs> um so in the January box, there was uh, some amazing stuff. The Art and Graphic Twin RBNF by Zig. Now, these are words put together into what could be very confusing <laughs> as to what it actually means. But what it means is it's an awesome marker. Um, it's a double-ended marker, which means that it has two sides to it. Uh, one side is the RB, which stands for real brush. So it has an actual brush tip on it. And then the other side has a felt tip, so an F. So the RB plus F stands for the real brush plus the, fi uh, the felt tip. Uh, the ink is water-based, so you can dip the brush end in and get a really great watercolor effect. There were also two golden high-flow acrylic paints in little containers. Uh, a variety of colors. The high-flow line actually includes 49 different colors. I don't know actually how many were included. But two different it seems ones in the box. Well, oh, no, uh, the range. How, yes, I, I don't know. From what the, I could see, I think it was mostly the fluorescent colors. Yes, it definitely looked like fluorescent fluorescent but i'm not sure how many how different many ones of those. yeah i think it's yeah. like four or five i think the range of fluorescent colors is pretty pretty narrow yeah, yeah but absolutely beautiful high quality paints um it's so the golden high flow acrylic paints act like ink when it's wet but then they dry like acrylic paint so you can use them with dip pens brushes or empty pump markers if you have any of those hanging around and then once it's dry it will not bleed or reactivate with water so you can play with a variety of mediums over it um and then we have the coel noor magnum black star pencil uh this is produced in the czech republic oh, and it's an oversized pencil that is a little bit darker for your drawing so it's a little bit of a uh a, a darker graphite 
yeah. than normal. I think by way of also being kind of soft, a little soft. Yes, so you can get a lot. Some darkness. Yeah. It doesn't say what uh, the grade of the graphite is, but I'm guessing. Yeah, it says here 1821 HB on mine. There might be, okay. it might be one of those things where different boxes had different hardnesses. HB yeah. is certainly a hardness. I don't know if 1821 is a modifier on that HB. Um, Probably. Yeah, I don't know. Um, that sounds about right. But yeah, let us know if you have something other than the 18 to 21 HB. It'd be awesome to hear. And then, of course, a snap exclamation point series paintbrush by Princeton Brush. So the snap series paintbrushes uh, are a versatile brush that has synthetic hair and is great to utilize with the acrylic paints. Um, the great thing about Art Snacks is that it comes with like actual supplies. So it's not just paint or ink or something, but you also get a brush to use with the paint that comes with it. So it's all kind of fun and cool to have all of that in one box so that you can, you know, you get your box and then you could just do whatever you want with it right away. So the best thing is to search the art snacks challenge and get to see how much amazing art people create. And I mean, we've talked about this before a million times, but it's so incredible to see what comes out with the same pieces, the same uh, supplies and you get this amazing work of art every single time. It's just it's just mind blowing. Yeah, I think you picked out one that we're gonna put in the in the show notes, uh, an art snacks challenge that you particularly liked. Um, yes. Okay. So at the risk of being redundant, I want to geek out a little bit on a few of these things. So yes, please. The zig. You actually have that. So I have them in, in front person. of me. Yeah, it, it's Kathy's turn to do the sponsor read, but I'm the one with the pile of stuff in front of me. <laughs> yes. So maybe we shouldn't have been so <laughs> rigorous, but um, Meh, it's all good. So the zig, uh, the zig marker is feels almost exactly like one of my favorite markers, which is the. Um, the Zig Clean Color Brush. Um, both of these products are in the Zig line, which is made by Kurataki. So on the one end, it's basically that same brush. I mean, this feels just like the Clean Color Brushes, and it's a color I don't have. I got Persian Blue, which is exciting. Ooh. So I am super stoked about having this uh, brush tip, which is just my perfect taste of being uh, pretty firm and easy to use, but uh, loose enough that you can do some really great lettering but then to also have the added uh, functionality of having the little uh, felt tip uh, a fine tip with a little bit more control is mm. a really cool combination so I'm excited about that absolutely and then I think Golden is uh, a paint company that uh, makes their paints in the United States and they are like uh nerdy scientist paint people <laughs> <laughs> they have so many different kinds of acrylic paint uh different like high flow low flow sideways flow this is an anti-gravity acrylic paint this this one <laughs> you know like it's crazy the different um formulas Ooh, there you formulations go. so many different uh paint formulations and that is super exciting i just love i am nowhere near a good enough painter to actually appreciate the 
the complexity of their paints and the different technical details, but I aspire to be able to tell and care uh, someday. And, uh, and then lastly, we got another one of these great acrylic, uh, not acrylic, synthetic brushes that are so springy and stiff and easy to use. And as discussed, I will take this over a little animal fur brush anytime, not because <laughs> I'm a moral person, which is highly in question these days, um, but because I like them better. And it's just really simple, simple, selfish uh, behavior. So I'm excited about this box. I have not done my Arts Next Challenge. I probably won't do it for a while, but I have some really fancy pink paint and some orange paint, and I'm excited about it. So that's awesome. Yeah. So if you uh, want to get in on the action for February, use the coupon code Our Supply Posse. 10% off your first box, and then you can uh, play along with the fun times uh, next month. So that brings us to our main topic today. All right. What are we talking about? Uh, we are talking about art journaling uh, as a nice, like, not a rip riff off, but continuing the discussion of art plus paper plus, like, on purpose. It's kind of neat. Like, I like instead that, of... that equation. <laughs> yes, that's the equation today. Uh, the nice thing about art journaling is that... So you're making art the way that you would write in your journal as a way of remembering something. But the really nice part about it is that it's not for anyone else. It's for yourself. So in my opinion, there's a little bit less stress on the level of like any pressure when it comes to art journaling because it's for yourself it's like anytime you're going to be journaling with words there's less pressure about finding the perfect like way to formulate a sentence and making sure you have proper grammar and spelling and blah 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 the same thing about it is uh with art journaling is just using what's in your brain, getting it on paper as a way to either remember the day at the end of the day or a special moment or just formulating whatever arts level you're at to really create something that is personal and is a good way to remember what you're doing. Yeah, I, I think it is connected to the mail art episode that we did uh, last week, air quotes, Um we recorded it last week that was published yesterday uh, because it's about taking something that is traditionally a written form. So writing a letter or writing in your journal and then bumping it up with some illustration or some doodling or some different art supplies. And the difference being that the mail art is externally focused. It's made to send to someone else and the journaling is uh just for your own consumption and yeah like Kathy said that can take some of the pressure off that's maybe what makes it distinctive as a practice is you can do something on a on a daily basis or weekly some sort of a regular interval making a bit of drawing and you can do it with the intention of really just being a way to remember something that was important to you and not necessarily have to show it to anybody. Yeah, last year I uh, I've had 
three years in a row of Hobonichi's and this is the first year I'm actually using it as planner but last year I used it as a way to kind of doodle and journal what my daughter wore for school mm-hmm. um, because she is very creative with her outfits and so <laughs> I used it as a way to document kind of what she chose to wear for that day um, and I wish I had done it at more often um, than I actually did but the ones that I ha- do have in last year's Hobonichi are really special and you know it's kind of nice so I'll probably include some photos of that in the show notes. You could you could rig up your own little um, rating system one is <laughs> like a perfect plaid uh, like <laughs> ma- matching <laughs> like jumper. something that I would have picked <laughs> Yeah that's like one and then ten or... is like went to school in a stormtrooper costume <laughs> Hey, don't be judging her stormtrooper. No, these are non-judgmental numbers, but you can rate it from like (laughs) perfect little human child to like perfect little uh, fiction character. Create it. Yes. No, exactly. I mean, there's there's some uh, fashion choices that she made that were very um, interesting. And uh, especially, you know, it was first grade. It was just as she was beginning to become who she was as a person and a little bit more of an adult human-ish, even though she was only seven, but still. Um, Yeah, so it was kind of fun to just have that in my uh, history facts. I saw a video of her really uh, losing her cool in a very awesome way at the Star Wars (laughs) parade at Disney. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) That was uh, pretty amazing. Uh, She, so she has seen episode seven and most of episode one and about half, or sorry, not episode one. Heaven forbid I mention episode one. That did not exist. Uh, episode four and half of episode five. Um, and so not, not to spoil the films, <laughs> but uh, Darth Vader is Luke's dad and uh, also Leah's dad because they're siblings and at one point in the middle of uh, episode seven, when we were watching it in the theater, she goes, oh, I didn't know that they were brother and sister. <laughs> she hadn't made it that far in the movies. And so, oh, man, such a really funny. You forget that just people keep on getting born in every year. Every right? every year people keep getting born and they have different patterns of spoilers. <laughs> right? Yeah, so seeing her freak out uh, at the Star Wars parade at Disney's Hollywood Studios was pretty great because she had seen that movie in the theaters and really loved it and enjoyed it. And so she got very excited. We'll probably post the, the video in the show notes yeah that was the week that i uh asked you if you wanted to host the show with me and you were like that's great we can talk about it when i get back from this lovely vacation with my family and i was like yeah i was like hurry up hurry up hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> and i was like that's that's a rude thing to think about somebody's very nice vacation <laughs> but i kept on being like no she's still in florida oh, dang it she's still in florida <laughs> yes but you know what i have internet i had internet yeah in you were so you okay. were responsive and i think that i was very respectful i think i was like all right yes, we will were. we will talk when you get back and well and it's funny because uh while that was going on i was like 
did she did she text me? <laughs> did, she, did she tweet to me in a DM? I'm just checking. Not I'm cool. Everything's I'm cool. chilling. <laughs> Everything's fine. But did she text me? Yeah. So if I had been a little needier, it probably would have been okay. So good thing yes, to keep yeah, in mind when you're acceptable. staring at iMessage with those three little dots going bloop and you're like yes. everything's terrible <laughs> <laughs> the whole world is awful <laughs> um, anyway art journaling so yes uh so you had been um journaling in your hobonichi with uh yes. your thinking taking notes about what your daughter was wearing so what are you doing uh this year what's your hobonichi plan uh, my Hobonichi plan is I use it as a bullet journal um, because it already has the dates and the layout, so I don't have to create those from scratch, which is really great. Um, but I think I'm also going to start doing some little, some smaller doodles of what my daughter wears for school, just because that was really neat, um, and it will get me to draw more um, because I'm already in the Hobonichi all day, every day. So mm -hmm. I might as well get some art done, too. And there's a little bit of space that I'll just, like, cordon off as doodle zone. Yeah. Um, I think the the first person that exposed me to the idea of a sketchbook as a form of journaling, not just a, a place of expression or freeform creativity, was Danny Gregory who's somebody we talked about a lot early in the early art supply posse days. Um, Anna knew a lot about him and I found out about him through Anna and he gave a, a lecture in the sketchbook school class that, that I took um, back in the fall when Anna um, signed us both up for classes. And I think about the, the little lecture that he gave all the time. He was so thoughtful and genuine and talked about making drawings of his wife um, um, before and after she had a pretty uh, traumatic injury. She was um, paralyzed and he would make drawings of her and make drawings of their home and it was a big part of how he kind of got through that that period yeah. of um her sort of sudden transition in life and it was just a, a way of loving and a way of remembering for him and that was the first time I thought about I can make drawings of my surroundings as a way of remembering which yeah I just really appreciated yeah that's a really great way to think about it especially if maybe you don't have an event or something specific that happened that day but uh, a way I mean art is so full of emotions that it's kind of it makes sense for um, art journaling to be more therapeutic and have the emotions into it so even if it's not necessarily a uh, you're not necessarily journaling about a specific event that happened. You can still go in and hold on. What? If it's okay with their mom. She already said yes. Okay, then yes. 
Okay, you gotta go. I'm recording. That's why the door was closed. I love you. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be everything I can do not to just leave that in the show. <laughs> I'm okay with it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Especially since this episode has been talking about that's, her so that's much. That's true. <laughs> um, but art is so emotional and so even if you're not necessarily drawing where you're at or what happened during the day being able to create art around how you're feeling at that moment so maybe if you're sad you know you have the darker shadows more blues or whatever you know very van gogh essence where it's like you could tell how he was doing based on what period he was in so that's what's kind of great about our journaling is that it's it's a daily thing. And I love that bit about Danny Gregory um, using it as therapy. Yeah, I was looking back through my, my old um, sketchbooks and I had made this pretty sloppy... A, a pretty slappy couple of uh, watercolor sketches um, in, back in July. It was over the July 4th weekend, and we had a church picnic. It was, you know, the chillest thing in the world. I mean, a bunch of those <laughs> soccer mom chairs put in a circle right? under a tree because it was hot, and that's where the shade was, and we were all... Uh, yeah, there was, like, no, no alcohol. We were just drinking, like fruit punch just a bunch of adults lemonade sitting in lawn chairs drinking fruit punch you know having a crazy party um but one of the uh one of the things featured in in those paintings were these like little baby blobs you know like (laughs) just this like oh this just looks like a loaf of bread in this in this painting but I know that that's Nevaeh and I know that Nevaeh was just a couple months old and uh like your daughter she is fixing to be taller than me by the time she's five years old but right now Uh, she's a tiny little thing (laughs) right (laughs) um and and Nevaeh is uh is She's, she's not a couple months old now. She's, like, coming up on one year old. And she's so tall. She's, like, two feet long. She's crazy. And she's got these, like, gangly long legs and this, like, serious, like, <laughs> old lady face. And she's got her two little ears pierced. And she's so, like, she already looks tough like her mom. Like, they're just, like, a couple, <laughs> couple tough ladies going to, like, make it in the world. <laughs> And right? it's, it's like, it's just a silly little blob of watercolor paint. But when I look back on that, on that drawing, it's like, oh yeah, Nevaeh was a little, little bitty. And that's the, that's the point, right? Is not to have this photorealistic yes. rendering. It's just this point of remembering. And I remember yeah. sitting there and Nevaeh was being passed around. And there's a lot of paintings of different people holding her, but her mom's not holding her because her it's her mom's job to be her mom all the other all the other times that was the always the best thing whenever uh my daughter was really young being able to go to events and I didn't have to hold her (laughs) not that I like didn't like holding her because let's let's be honest it's you know it's the best thing ever but not having to hold your child and know for a fact that it's being held by people that love her just not maybe not just as much as you but 
enough that you feel safe and be able to take a step back and become an adult again, not mom, is pretty amazing. And it's it's pretty awesome. I love that. Yeah. So I was reflecting on that as, a, as an adult person that doesn't have any of my own tiny little people. It's like, I'm, but I can make it easier on Sam today yes. by, by holding her kid. So that was cool. Yes. It's um, greatly appreciated. Yeah. So that's sort of background on uh, art journaling. But then we want to talk a little bit about what you're going to use. That's I, I hear tell that that's the title of the show about the art supplies. Oh, oh yeah? <laughs> yeah. So uh, not just Heather has feelings, which would be... <laughs> right. <laughs> unappropriate And Kathy sometimes. has a daughter. Yeah, Heather, which is kind Heather, of... <laughs> Heather has feelings and Kathy has feelings and a daughter. New show. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah. No, we're going to talk about the actual art supplies. Shocking! Yeah. So the first thing, right, is uh, a sketchbook. And if you want to hear a whole lot of rambling about paper, uh, you can go back and listen all the way back to the very first Art Supply Posse, episode one, um, where we talked about uh, sketchbooks. So we won't go totally in depth on that, but we will (laughs) put that link in the notes. And I would say as a brief run uh run through the, the two things that i recommend are the the stillman and burn um books if you can get a hold of them the alpha and epsilon i really like um the classic hardbound black sketchbooks but also they have new soft cover versions which are Ooh. easier to carry around and a little more flexible and those didn't even exist when we recorded that sketchbook episode they were just a whisper just a rumor on the wind Anna was talking about <laughs> The word on the street is, <laughs> uh, but they're here now. Um, and then if you can't get a hold of those because they're not available at all kind of big box stores, I really love the uh, Canson XL mixed media that you're holding up. We got the video on today. So <laughs> uh, I like those those blue mixed media books from Canson. They're really affordable. They're big and spiral bound and I really love mine. The paper is really solid and you can throw it around. I mean, I got stains on the back of mine. You can throw it around and you know that it's going to be a good quality sketchbook without having to break the bank for it, which is kind of nice. Yeah, and if you're going to kind of take a journaling approach to your work, then you can, you know, you can kind of double down on the uh Uh, the sort of (laughs) fetishism of like picking out your perfect sketchbook, find something that's like (laughs) the perfect size that you really like because you're going to treat it like a a diary, you know, not just like a, some of the books that I have are mostly, they're pretty utilitarian, you know, it's just a pad of paper, the the larger format books in particular, where I just rip them out when I'm working on a project. Um, But the smaller books, you can be a little bit more precious about, like, this is going to be my art journal, and I'm going to put a date at the top and do all those things (laughs) you want. So, yeah. And you can also use something that's not even made specifically for art as well, Um, like my Hobonichi. I mean, granted, a lot of art people use it, but you can also use, you know, a field notes if you have that around and intersperse your art journaling in 
between like your grocery list and your to-do list and stuff. Yeah. And Get some of that that's... sweet, sweet Tomoe River paper and see how far you right? can push it. Get it all crinkly. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like by the end of the year, it'll be, uh, you know, six inches thick. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or, you know, just use whatever you have. That's the great thing about uh, any of this stuff is that you can make art with whatever it is that you have in your possession. So you don't have to go out and buy something special. Just get started. And uh... yeah. Yeah. And that's the that's kind of the uh, the second point. First point, get yourself some paper. Uh, And then second point, get yourself something to draw with and yeah you can have fun and get something fancy um but you can also think of it as just uh kind of leveling up from a journaling practice and taking you know whether it's a fountain pen or a gel pen or a mechanical pencil something that you like just commit to okay i'm going to write but then i'm also going to make a little postage stamp drawing you know you can you don't have to stress out about um getting a full set of, you know, watercolor paints out every night. Yeah. Um, I would say I, if you are trying to ease into an illustration practice, I really recommend starting with, uh, with an ink pen of some kind as opposed to pencil because it will force you to be kind of, uh, kind of brave and carefree about your lines. <laughs> Yeah, because you can't erase it. So using using ink is permanent. And if you just just do it, just go in and get her done. And let's see how many other trademark sayings <laughs> I can throw in here. Kathy's just reading <laughs> bumper kind of, stickers, but <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I have a whole all these cars in my office. Can't you tell? Um, no, but just just get in there, get your hands dirty. And again, that's the great thing about our journaling is it's just for you. So you don't have to worry about making it perfect. And so if you start with ink, you're not going to obsess about it. Well, you, I I know me personally would still obsess about it, but just until I put the ink down and then I'd be fine. Mm -hmm. So like, just, just go in there, get dirty start practicing. And the great thing is too, is you'll be able to see from when you started to in the future, see how you've grown as an artist or whatever you choose. Like if you have a theme for the art journaling, whatever, you can see how your style may change and grow and just get better overall. Yeah. I I think that I first got that advice when I was, gosh, when I was 20 years old, and I started taking art classes in college. My my college roommate, Casey, who uh, is and was one of my best friends, uh, she made that recommendation to me because I was just starting to take some intro drawing classes, and I was doing the the typical kind of draw, erase, draw, draw 12 lines, sketch it in, trying to do this overly stylized sketching. And she just (laughs) gently took the pencil out of my hand and put a pen into my hand and said, choose a line, Heather, 
choose one line. <laughs> <laughs> Just one. <laughs> and I love that. That was such a, that was a really powerful moment. And she was right. And I have since really learned to love the, the shaky, inconsistent nature of, of my own uh, free-handed drawing and embrace that in some of the illustration projects that I did at school to, uh, to good effect. I really uh, enjoyed that. So I would say, yeah, I, I highly recommend ink. Um, and then if you, oh, hold on. That's right. And then if you really want to be inspired by some outrageously incredible art journaling, there is a quarterly magazine called, coincidentally enough, art journaling uh you can find it at most i mean they have them at michael's all the time and joanne's fabrics and everywhere and it's full of you actually have one right in front of I, you looks like i do fancy I, do. I my first one i got i got a couple of years ago because i was like oh this you know let's push it out of the box and i mean it's beautifully created there's some amazing work in there but it also can give you some really good ideas um in the january february march 2017 uh version there's a really neat article that i enjoyed uh reading about how about altered books and it's this beautiful art that uh, is put on book pages and so like she paints and creates pieces of art uh, from pages in a book and like will highlight and like draw around and use mixed media around in a page of a book which is kind of cool because if you maybe want to start some sort of journaling and maybe you're not a good you don't feel comfortable with your drawing skills or something you can still create a journal type thing using you know book pages and paint and just kind of throwing stuff together and making some really neat pieces yeah man why quarterly magazines gotta be so fancy, man? They're like, right. As soon as I hear a magazine comes out quarterly, I'm like, ooh, they must know what they're doing. They only do that once every three yeah. months. <laughs> Have you heard of Flow? Speaking of quarterly magazines, no, I haven't. Uh, it is a magazine celebrating creativity, imperfection, and life's little pleasures. Uh, it's basically just a magazine for paper lovers and I mean there's posters and like DIY stamping stamping booklets and I I may have gotten a little excited at Barnes and Noble <laughs> sorry Some, sometimes sorry. it's it's buy a $15 magazine kind of day sometimes that's the day yeah. <laughs> oh don't worry this one's $22.99 <laughs> It was one of those types of days, but I uh, regret nothing. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> and, and, and that has, has been spun off into our own quarterly magazine idea about no regrets. 
<laughs> yes, no regrets. <laughs> um, and then I think the the last thing I had to say about uh, stuff that you can use for art journaling is I have had kind of similar to how Tina was talking about at the top of the episode, her practice, her studio is always with her because she makes a, a point of bringing her sketching supplies with her wherever she goes. I have had a practice basically since since I started listening to The Pen Addict like back about a year ago, basically. Um, the the, uh, the Nutco chimney stacks, which are just the really simple mm-hmm. um, zip pouches. And there's this tiny one, which is... Uh, brilliant when it's when it's full it's maybe the size of like a small ear of corn it's kind of a a a small thin pouch (laughs) Uh, you're such a midwest girl (laughs) that's not fair sorry Uh, okay it's the size of a korean taco i don't know what what would you say (laughs) maybe a bottle of water yeah yeah that's it yeah no, cor- corn isn't a part of my life. It's not around me in any direction I look. <laughs> um, yeah, so I carry around this uh, this little pouch, and mostly in the beginning it was full of gel pens and uh, not really pencils, just fountain pens and gel pens, basically. And I've just took to having some more sort of art supply type pens. So I always keep the one of the um kurataki zig clean color real brush pen gotta shorten that up kurataki that's a long i have to look it up it's like my favorite pen and i have to look it up every time because it's so long um well we can just call it your favorite pen yeah my favorite pen uh so i keep one of those so i can do some brush lettering and i keep a tiny little ruler in there so if i want to do like a, a little composition um art snack sent out a a mechanical pencil back in the summer and I keep that in there which is a little um, more like drawing centric I keep my Copic fine liner in there so you know those things are those are crossover products you know um, stationary folks could keep them just for the just for handwriting um, benefits but for me those are kind of the basics if I want to doodle is having a fine liner having a pencil having uh, a brush pen uh, especially if it's water-based so that I can do I can do a little wash or, or do some brush lettering. So it's kind of become part of my little kit that I carry everywhere with me. And then I don't really have to have a special sketchbook because the paper that I use, I think right now I have a, a Lloyd's Term book and the paper's nice enough to, to hold up to some yeah. lettering or, or a light wash. So yeah, um, it doesn't have to be like a big production, you know, it can just be kind of a, a little add on to an existing practice. Um, that's worked yeah. really well for me. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be, la- be laughing about corn uh, as I go to bed. I <laughs> I'm probably going to have a nightmare about corn. You, Thank you, you should. Much. You should think about yeah. what you've done. <laughs> I apologize to all mid- all Midwesterners who are not around corn. Yeah, I think 20% of the American biomass is made up of corn. So you want to well, <laughs> be careful. That's, 
that's a whole other conversation yeah. about corn syrup and <laughs> yeah. ethanol, and that is not this podcast. Yep, nope, not this show. That ain't this show. Nope. We will not talk about NAFTA on this show. We promise. Nope. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you all for listening. Um, thank you to our sponsor, Art Snacks, for their support this week. You can use coupon code Art Supply Posse for 10% off your first order. We are Art Supply Posse on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to get a hold of us, send us our, your questions with the hashtag AskASP or send us a little sneak peek into your studio with hashtag ASP Spaces. Other than that, you can find our episodes at artsupplyposse.com. Thank you to Bob Atkins of Skylab Letterpress for our intro and outro music. And we hope you all have a good night. Have a wonderful day, morning, evening, weekend. Yeah, whatever. whatever it is I always say good night, but it might not be <laughs> night for you. You have a good right now. You have a great right now. Right. Boom. That's the winner. Have a great right now. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.